I, some people, I, I tell people, I, some people are like, we got out of church in 20 minutes. I, I, I can't even clear my throat in 20 minutes. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, <laughs> um, I want to read, read something to you because I believe that the Lord is, and, and again, we're not talking, I'm kind of getting off the supernatural increase uh, uh, thing that we've been talking about. But what I want to talk to you is I want to talk to you about the environment that we create in our lives that either facilitates what God wants to do or cannot sustain what God wants to do in our lives. Now, open your Bibles to the book of, uh, let's, let's read this scripture, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter, well, you know what, yeah, oh. Yeah, First Corinthians. First Corinthians. Oof. What do you think, Lily? First Corinthians or Ephesians? Which one? If did I do Ephesians? Go to Ephesians. Go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, uh, chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, but unto every one of us is given grace. Now, we're going to go to first, uh, first Corinthians as well here in a second. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So say this, say this with me, say, but unto every one of us. Now, who does that include? Every one of us, amen. Now, who, let, let's establish this. Who's Paul talking to in these, in these verses? He's talking to the church at Ephesus. Isn't that right? So he's talking to the spirit. This isn't, he's not, this, this letter was addressed to the church at Ephesus. So he's not talking to unsaved people. He's talking to people that are born again. People that Jesus is living in their hearts. Amen. People that are filled with the spirit. That's who he's talking to. So this doesn't, this, this, these particular words aren't for people that are unsaved. They're for people that are saved, for people that are born again. You, so you say, so this is exclusively for them? Yes. <laughs> so if you're not born again, this isn't for you. But you can get born again and this be for you. Amen. All right? I'm not saying you're, you're left out or that God won't do something with you or do something for you. You just, you must be born again. First step, you must be born again. So unto every one of us, if you're born again, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, God, God has given you a favor that you don't deserve. That's what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. Is that right? That's what grace is. Grace is God's favor extended toward you that you haven't earned or that you don't deserve. Glory to God. Glory to God. And look what it says, that God has extended that to every one of us. You know what the devil spends most of his time doing? Trying to persuade you that God doesn't favor you. Amen. Trying to persuade you that God looks down on you and doesn't look at you as one that he has given grace to or that he has favored. That, the, the, the devil spends a lot of his time trying to, trying to knock you down, trying to keep you from identifying with who you are in Christ. You are the, you, you're the blessed. You're the favorite of the Lord. Say that when you say, I'm the favorite of God. I'm the favorite of God. So that grace that God has given to us, God gave us a grace. Now, let me, let me explain what, what, I, what most people in our church already understand. Some of you maybe that are just new to our church and, and just becoming a part of our church, maybe you've never heard me say this. But in these verses of scripture, that grace can be also... You can take that word grace and that word grace, you can change it to unto every one of us has been given power. Unto every one of us has been given authority. Unto every one of us has been given anointing, but it's according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In other words, uh, when God created you, he created you for a purpose. Right. Oh, yeah. When God created you, he created you for a purpose. God created you to function in the purpose of for which he created you. So before Anna was born, God, God had something that he wanted to do. And he said, I've got to get this done. So I'm going to make me an Anna to do that work. 
And so God created Anna, and he put a gift in Anna, and he put a purpose upon her life, and she was born. Now, God wants to give her the grace, the authority, the power necessary for her to fulfill her purpose. In fact, this is where scripture provides it. Some of you that don't think, here's the the crazy stuff people think. Well, that pastor, he wouldn't let me function in my purpose. Do you really think that a pastor is big enough to keep God from causing you to function in the purpose for which he created you? Now, I'm I'm going to tell you what's keeping you from functioning in your purpose. It's what's between your two ears. You've, you've allowed the devil to come and to say some stuff that's influenced your mind, and your mind is what is you Listen, you need to quit blaming your problems on church. You need to quit blaming the church for, not, for, not, for, for being the reason why you don't fulfill your purpose. Well, you know, if, if the church wasn't filled with a bunch of hypocrites, well, listen, if the church wasn't filled with hypocrites, you couldn't come. because every one of us because every one of us have resembled that at some point in our lives well that church is full of a bunch of people they just think they're all that in a bag of chips well you know what there hadn't been a time at, at some point in your life where you didn't think the same so you see everybody like well <laughs> now all of a sudden you got to do a search. <clears throat> See, we're all we're all we're all guilty of sin. We're all guilty of, but it's it's what's it's what's in our mind and in our thing. See, if if we'll get the what does the what does the Bible tell us? The Bible says that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed. How? By the renewing of our. Amen. See, you need to transform. You need to, the only way you can transform and become what God intended for you to be is by the renewing of your mind. If, if you're not yet what God called you to be, it don't have nothing to do with the pastor that was trying to keep you from being everything. My pastor tried to keep me from being an evangelist. Guess what? I became an evangelist a year after I got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. There was nothing he could do to stop it. Do you know why? Because God had already determined a long time ago that that's why he created me. He created me for that purpose. And there wasn't wasn't about to be anything that was going to keep me from doing it except for me. Do Do you know how I went ahead and fulfilled that purpose? By not filling my mind with what my pastor was telling me sometimes. Now listen, my pastor's a wonderful man. Don't get me wrong. Mrs. T, she will listen to this. She will listen to this message. My pastor's wife, uh, she will listen to this message. She told me last time I saw her, which was just a couple weeks ago, she said, don't talk bad about me. <laughs> I said, Mrs. T, I am not talking bad about I'm, I'm trying to help people to understand that, you, you know what? You know you weren't perfect. I know you weren't perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. Pastor T, he didn't understand. Listen, my pastor didn't understand. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't encouraging. He was discouraging. It's because he didn't understand what was going on with me. He thought I was flakier than a two-crust pie. He thought, he thought I was a hamburger short of a Happy Meal. He thought that the lights were on, but nobody was home. He didn't think my elevator went all the way to the top. I was, I was wild. I, I was like something he had never seen before. I was an enigma. What was he spoke? He was trying to protect me. He didn't know no better. And so he wasn't encouraging as much as, as much as he could have been discouraging. But guess what? He didn't discourage. Because even when he said things that were, that were opposed to what God was saying about me, it was already... Listen, you better settle in your heart what God told you. 
Otherwise, you're going to bounce from church to church, from place to place, from preacher to preacher, and the devil's going to sideline you, and he's going to take you out of the equation of making any kind of an impact in God's kingdom or in this earth. And that's where some of you have been. Some of you have been taken out of the equation because the devil's got you bouncing here and bouncing there and blaming husband and blaming wife and blaming kids and blaming job and blaming church and blaming preachers. Are y'all hearing me today? Blaming presidents, blaming politicians, blaming pandemics. You think man would have learned by now not to blame anyone but himself. I mean, even Adam, it's a woman. It was the woman that you gave me. <laughs> My God. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm, bring, I'm, I'm trying to bring you back up to that place. Are y'all hearing me today? You're not going to be blessed. You're blessed already. Amen. You, you already got the victory. You may not feel good, but you're healed. Amen. You may not, your, your bank might be telling you, you broke. But you know what your word, you know what the word says? Word says you never have to be broke another day in your life. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Society is trying to categorize you. They're trying. Social pressure is trying to push you into a cubbyhole that best defines who you are in the natural. But I'm going to tell you right now, man cannot define what God has already put a definition on. Glory to God. Man, listen, I will not allow man to redefine who I am. I have a destiny. Amen. God created me for a purpose. Before I was ever born, God wrote the definition of who I was. And I'm not about to let man or society or anything else redefine who I am. Oh, glory to God. Boy, I'm about to shout. Somebody about to get a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Look at someone. Tell them you were created for a purpose. This church, 10 years ago in January, this church came into existence. When God... I was telling the worship team this earlier. When God asked me to pastor a church, when God told me to plant a church, I'm going to tell you right now, that was not on my bucket list. It was so bizarre when I would tell people that we were going to start a church. I had so many people make assumptions about why I was doing that, none of which were right. I had pastors tell me, oh, yeah, you know, that probably, you know, you're probably starting this church because you want something to do in the off season. I'm going to tell you something. That's not a good reason to start a church because you want something to do when you're not preaching abroad. In fact, that's pretty stupid. Why would anyone put themselves through that kind of uh, horror not, not that it's ter terrible to pastor. Uh, you, you all know, I'd rather pastor a church than do anything. I'd rather be here on Sundays, Wednesdays. In fact, Sundays, Mondays. If, if we could break out in revival and have a 10-year revival here at Winter's Church, it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. I love hanging out with y'all. But for someone to do something like that and it not be because the Lord said, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a nightmare. To try to navigate those waters outside of the spirit. Woo. Listen, I wouldn't wish that upon the devil. Then, then I had pastors say this. I had them say, well, you know, it's good to have multiple revenue streams. I remember, when, I remember when, that, when one old boy told me that. I had to do a double take. I was like, say that again. He said, he said, well, isn't that why you're doing it? You know, so that you don't have all your eggs in one basket. You're creating another revenue stream. I'm like, you know, I hadn't even thought about it until it just came out of your mouth. And, you know, I just don't think that's stupid. Thank you. I received that. 
I, said, I just don't think stupid thoughts like that. I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I, I don't entertain. This is, this is not. The, <laughs> we, we talked about this on Wednesday. You know, we have good business people here in our church. Michael, great businessman. We got Carolyn. She's a great businesswoman. Nakia, she's gotten off into business on her own. She, uh, Don, you know, we, we got some, Eric, we got people that are business people. Cherie, Rachel, Andrew, Jasmine, Tyler. Man, we got a lot of business people up in here. People that, people that own their own businesses, people that run their own businesses, people that are in the secular business arena. And uh, we, 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 what we talked about was how you can't bring the principles of the secular arena, many of them, into the church because they're ungodly principles. They're not godly principles. They're the principles of man. They're not the principles of God. See, the principles of man work sometimes. The principles of God work all the time. That's why, that's, you know, pr principles are laws that work all the time. Right? God's principles work all the time. If I, if I take this and I drop it, I, I, I let it go, what's going to happen? It's going to fall. Why? Because there's a law, a principle. It's called gravity. When I drop this, because God instituted and established that law. Are you all hearing me today? Because, because God instituted and established that law. If I drop this a hundred times, how many times is it going to fall to the ground? How many times? Are you sure it's not going to float sometimes? Are you sure? Because you know, you know how it is. Those principles don't always work. No, man's principles don't always work. Man's principles don't. But God's principles work every time. You can drop this a million times and it's never, it's never going to go against the principles of that law. Church, you have to understand that God's principles are, are better than man's principles. Man's principles, they, they might work part of the time. And you may be tempted to, to, to go with those principles part of the time. But you've got to resist the temptation and you've got to hang on to what God said. Because God's word, God, heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Amen. Boy, that's right. Man, man can't live by bread alone. But, they, but man can live by every word that God speaks. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. And so we've, we've, all, we've all been created for purpose. You have a purpose. God already wrote your definition. Amen. He is the author of your life, not the editor. He is the author, not the editor. God is not editing you're like, he, he authored it. He wrote the book. He already determined it. It's already been determined. It's already been, it's already, it's already been settled. It's best if you just settle on what God settled on. Now, now here's the thing. Here's what I was telling the, the, uh, the worship team. When God told me to start this church, it was not in my plan. It was not on the bucket list. It was not a desire. <laughs> it was not the desire of my heart. I hadn't dreamed my whole life of being a pastor. In fact, I never dreamed about it at all. I loved pastors, but never dreamed of doing it. So when the Lord said to do it, here's the thing. We think God's going to tell us to do stuff we like. We think God's going to tell us to do stuff that we've dreamed about all our lives. And that's, that's, that's why some of you are in the ditch. Because you keep trying to run after your passion. You know what? Adam and Eve ran after their passion. Look where it got them. You, you, can, run, you can run after your passion as long as your passion aligns itself with God's purpose for your life. But there's no guarantee that your passion runs in parallel with what God said. Some of your passions are in direct opposition to what God is trying to get you to do. I need to hurry up. I don't even have a watch on. I did that on purpose. 
Same time as it was last time I looked. <laughs> and we purposefully didn't put a clock in here. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to hurry. Some of us, we, we think <clears throat> that the reason there's no forward progress in our life is because of our sin or whatever. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Ten years ago when we started this church, God, God spoke to me and he told me that he wanted us to establish this church. It wasn't what I wanted to do, Heather. It wasn't what I wanted to do. That's not to say I don't love this. I, I do. And you all know it. You can tell. I'd, I'd rather be here than anywhere. And <clears throat> I don't have a lot of experience. I've got 10 years of pastoral experience. In the broad scheme of things, I'm a noob. I think there are people that when it comes to pastoring, they probably do it a little bit better, a little more eloquently. I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those pastors. I've, well, when I talk to pastors about the stuff I do, I told you all about it. I mean, they thought I was crazy. They, they, they thought everything I did and how we did what we've been doing is crazy. They told me, you can't do that. I'm like, well, you can't. I can. You can't. And that's not a, it's not a brag. It's just God told me he didn't tell you. That's why you don't think it can be done. But th this is what God told me. If he said it, it has to be possible. Amen. If he said it, it has to be possible. So you know what? What he told some of you that you think was impossible, it has to be possible if he said it. If he said it. See, we, we, we carry a vision in this church to equip people to do the work of the ministry. You know, people, you know, people said, you can't do that. Somebody going to split your church. I'm like, can't nobody split this church, not if we're doing the will of God. You know, I had a pastor, we, we, we went to have a revival at a church, and I had a pastor, he said, every time the Spirit of God moves here, our church splits. I was like, how much sense does that make? It's like he's trying to blame it on God. It's like when we went over here to this restaurant the other day. We went over here to eat at this restaurant before Wednesday night church. We sat down. Rachel, Rachel said something to the waitress. That waitress, not the waitress, to the manager. Manager came, came through. We'd been waiting over an hour for food. Rachel's like, can, can, we, can you ask our waitress to come and to bring some? Because we, you know, we got, she said, please be patient with us because she has all of this whole room here, all these people she's waiting on. Do you know how many people we have working today? Four people to, to, to do all this work. And da, da 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 I thought she thought that that would make us feel compassion toward the waitress. We did feel compassion toward the waitress. But it only made us understand that her management skills were lacking. Lady? Yeah. Yeah, lady? Yeah, get, get a, grab a tray, get a pad and a pen, you know, don't stand there, you know, wiping off menus, you can do that later, um, you know, you start to, you, you start to, you, you start to, you start to think, a lot, a lot, a lot of times we, we act like there's nothing that we can do about what's going on in our life, in our church, in the furtherance of the kingdom of God. The reality is, is that the reason why we're in the place we're in is because of what we're doing. Everyone lives, everyone lives in and is a product of their environment. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. When God created man, when God created you, Anna, with a purpose... Do you know the only way that he was going to be able to fulfill that purpose is if you lived in the environment for which he created you? Do you know that the, the environment God created you to live in was his presence? When, do you know when God designed you, he designed you to function in his presence? When you try to live outside of his presence, you malfunction. Because you weren't designed to live outside of the presence of God. I know I'm, I'm, I'm regurgitating, rehearsing some things we've gone over, but I think it's important because we're about to take another step. I really, I really feel it in my spirit because I feel like God gave me a, a revelation. You were designed to function in the presence. That's why when you're in the presence of God, you do better than any other time. 
You're, you're a better wife, you're a better husband, you're a better brother, you're a better sister, you're a better father, you're a better mother, you're a better counselor, you're a better prayer warrior, you're, you're, you're better everything when you're in the presence of When you get outside of the presence of God, you get salty. <laughs> and not the good kind of salt, you know what I'm saying? Not the good kind, not the, not the salt Jesus was talking about. You're the salt of the earth. No, we're talking about that other kind of salt. <laughs> so Anna, you know, here she's like, she's going to, I've said all that. She's like, I have a purpose. God created me for a purpose. And she's going to leave, leave out of here. And the environment that she's going to go into isn't an environment that will sustain what God created her to do and what God created her to be. You know, uh, the environment that I was in when God called me to evangelism, that Pat, my pastor, telling me the thing, that environment wasn't an environment that would produce what God intended for me to be. If I had done what most people do, I'd have been like, well, you know, maybe I'm not called. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? I'm confused, God. How can I do this if everybody's against me? How are we going to do this? How, how am I going to do this if ever? I, I don't even feel, if nobody talks to me, how am I going to do it? I'm trying to talk to people here, but nobody wants to talk to me. How am I going to make it, Lord? Did, did, did we forget what the Bible says? That if God be for you, And, and you know, and you know what, and you know what, the church, the church has tried to change, you know, change the word. Well, you know, if if <laughs> you know, I can't forgive myself. I just, I just can't forgive. I feel so bad. I can't forget. I can't fulfill the will because I can't forgive myself. And you know, if you can't forgive yourself, and so preachers get up. Well, hey, you got to forgive yourself. If you can't forgive yourself, you can't move. You know, the Bible don't talk nowhere about you forgiving yourself. Go ahead, man. Says you got to forgive other people, but it don't say nothing about you. Get to forgiving other people, and move on. But I can't, I can't forgive myself, brother Z. It don't matter. It don't matter whether you forgive yourself. Jesus forgave. You'll be all right. Go on. Rub some dirt on it. Go on. You'll be all right. Now I know. I know some of you like, Pastor. Be more compassionate. I am. I'm. I'm, I'm being compassionate. I'm not being ugly toward you. Y'all. Y'all hear me? I, I love you, and and I do. I, I'm I'm saying this because I have com I have compassion for you. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. The, you're a threat to the devil. You understand? Do you understand? Hell is freaking out because right now it looks like y'all are gonna make it, and he don't want you to make it. He's trying to take out everybody he can before they become a problem. Well, guess what? Devil's got a problem on his hands here at Winter's Church. Because we're going to keep on getting in his presence. And in his presence, we're going to function like we need to. Amen. I'm not concerned about what people think when we get in the presence of God. Well, these people are wild. That's right. Amen. Look out. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid someone's going to stomp on me. They probably will. You better wear some different shoes. Shree gets blessed. You better watch it. Shree gets blessed. I watched Shree one time. She got blessed. She hit the camera. It went flying across her. The camera hit somebody in the head. She was a, she, we had to get a new, a whole new uh, tripod. One of the tripod legs was all bent. People was on Facebook Live. They was like. No, it was a good night. No apologies. She didn't need to apologize. It's like when we get in the presence of God, that's where we function best. It don't matter what people think we're a hamburger short of it. See, that's what that's what happened with my pastor. My pastor thought I was crazy, but I needed to be in the presence of God to fulfill God's purpose. It's the principle of environment. I'm gonna tell you what the principle of environment is. 
The principle of invite, and I'm not talking about, you know, tree hugging. (laughs) (laughs) The principle of environment. The principle of environment is this. Before God ever creates anything, he first creates an environment that will sustain it. Did you hear what I just said? Before God creates anything, he will first create an environment that will sustain it. Before God created birds, he created the sky. (laughs) Because without the sky and without the air, there was not an environment that would facilitate the birds. Before he created fish, he created water. Because you can't create fish if there's not an environment. that God's not an idiot. So God creates first an environment that will sustain. Do you, know what, do, you know, do you know what the enemy has tried to pull on us? He's tried to keep us from allowing God to create the environment that will sustain the fulfillment of his word in our life. Guess what? For Winter's Church to do what Winter's Church does, we can't get in here at 11 and get out at 11.45. If that's what you're looking for, listen, it's not going to... I'm not trying to be... Some people are like, oh, he's just being rebellious. I ain't being rebellious. He's just trying to buck a trend. I ain't trying to buck no trend. I'm trying to create... uh, Allow God to create an environment in me and in us that will facilitate what he's trying. God is, how many of you know God is trying to create the fulfillment of his promise, the fulfillment of his vision, the fulfillment of his word to Winner's Church? I pose this question to the worship team today. I want to pose it to you too. Can God take us to the next level with the current environment that's in our church? You know what we talk about God bringing people here to Winner's Church to where, and, and we're not very, honestly, we're not, you know, we, we've got empty chairs here today. If we had everybody here and everything, whatnot, we, we, would, we, would, we would have a lot more people here. But let's say we, we got to the point where this entire building was packed completely full and we had to go to a second service. Are you really ready for that? Are you really, have you really created an environment in your life that says, I'll pull double duty on Sunday. Some of you, you get here, you know, uh, some of you get here at seven. Some of you get here at eight in the morning. Some of you get here at 930. Some of you get here at 10. Some of you get here at 1030. And unfortunately, there's some people that roll in here at about 1115. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. I'm just pointing out what happened. <laughs> Lizzie's like, I can't, I can't. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, Pastor. <laughs> you know that that's a that's that's not just here at Winter Church. That's all over the, the all over the kingdom. I'm I really am almost done. Just hear me out here for a second longer. You can tell, I, I don't have no notes on this. I, I'm, just t- I'm, t- I'm talking to you here out of my spirit. So let's say, let's say that God does. Let's say that next, next month we have our, because this, this is our vision. Our vision is to do ministry, to, to uh, win people to Christ, to show the love of Jesus. I, I felt like in my heart I saw a vision of us doing one of our outreaches, the Spirit of God falling like he did in one of Charles Finney's meetings, and everyone in the neighborhood getting uh, arrested by the power of God. You know, y'all remember me telling you a story of Charles Finney? He went into a factory in a community uh, one time, and uh, he was walking through taking a tour of this factory, and while he's touring this factory, this woman walks up to him and says, oh, do I need to repent? Do I need to give my heart to Jesus? Wah, wah, wah. And, you know, making fun of him, mocking him. And he just walked away from her. He didn't say a word. But the Spirit of God was on Charles Finney in such a way that when he walked away from her, she immediately fell under such conviction that she fell to her knees and began to weep before God. 
She ran after him and she said, forgive me. Forgive me for what I said. I'm, I'm convicted. He said, he said, woman, you don't need my forgiveness. You need his forgiveness. And right then that woman began to cry out to God and ask for forgiveness. She was, she was immediately born again and transformed. The power of God hit the whole factory. The factory shut down for months. And the fire of revival hit that entire community. They met for revival in that factory for months as God poured out his spirit through Charles Finney's ministry in revival. That happened, he, he, I can't remember if it was him or another revivalist, went to a square dance. God told him, go to, a, go to that dance. He's like, Lord, I don't dance. He said, go to the dance. <laughs> so he goes to the dance. And there in there was a square dance thing. They're in there dancing. And he's wondering why the Lord sent him there. The whole community is there. It's in a barn. The entire community is there. He's there, and, and this woman walks up to him and says, would you like to dance? And he thought it was pretty forward of her. I mean, this was back in the day. And he was like, I don't, I don't dance. You know, that's what he said. He's like, I don't dance. But before, before he could say anything, the Spirit of God said, you don't do anything unless you pray about it first. He, says, he said, lady, I don't do anything until I pray about it first. He got down on his knees. When he got down on his knees in that dance hall, he said the Spirit of God fell in that. He didn't know the Spirit of God was falling until he heard the band fall out under the power. All he heard was instruments hitting the ground. He heard bodies hitting the ground. He opened up his eyes and everyone was slain under the power of the Spirit in that barn. The fire of revival hit that entire community. He was there for months on end having revival in that community. In a moment, in a moment. Do you know in a moment we could be out here in this park preaching to these people and if the Spirit of God falls in the way that I believe that God's Spirit wants to fall uh, in this hour, an entire neighborhood could be set ablaze for the glory of God and our church wouldn't have enough room to facilitate all of them. Are you hearing me today? That's the vision. That's what God showed us about these last days. The fire of revival falling. The hearts of men being set ablaze. People coming together and wanting to gather. Not to have church, but to be in the presence of God. Because that's what they were created for. Well, guess what? If that happens, now all of a sudden, you can't get here at 1045. That was Ted writing it down in his head. No 1045. No 1145. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? What is it? If God did what we've all been talking about him doing, what does that mean? You know what? Some of you, your mind isn't ready for. Your, the environment that you allow in your mind won't allow for that kind of growth. See, some of you think we're not growing and it has to do with, you know, witches or some gathering somewhere. <laughs> Oppression over a city. Hasn't, there are no witches. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we are not cursed. We are blessed. I don't care if a million witches surrounded this place, did hexes, threw salt, you know, uh, ground up uh, chicken bones. I don't, it, you know what I'm saying? I don't care if we found a hundred chicken feet around this church and, and you know, some, some kind of bad mojo dust. It won't make no difference to me. I don't care if I found a little bald voodoo doll, bald fat voodoo doll, hair only right in here. Bunch of pins in it. I'd be like, thank you. I'll take the pins out. You know, hang it up, you know. <laughs> Much of the reason why the church isn't seeing fulfilled what God wants to do. You know, do you know, do you know why, you know why there's some, of, some of you don't have someone sitting next to you? Because you like that. This is just what you were looking for. Amen. 
I, I get to do just enough in this church to make me comfortable. Not to create an environment that will facilitate what God wants to bring to life here. Because guess what? You may have to sacrifice more than a half a son. I mean, I hear people talk about this stuff regular. Well, I, you know, I already work all week, and, uh, you know, I, um, my Saturdays, and, uh, you know, Sunday, Sunday night, we've been doing, uh, oh, Here's what we don't, I mean, and it's, it's funny. If, it would be even funnier if it wasn't so detrimental. Because after, te- after 10 years, I mean, there's some of you that are sitting in this church, some of you maybe for the first time. Maybe some of you, you've been here before. But some of you wondering, I've had people walk in here and wonder why. They're like, why y'all so small? It's the principle of environment. You can only sustain what the environment will sustain. Look around. We look, God didn't create this environment. We create this environment. And God is looking for us to change the environment that is in us that won't allow for the environment of the church to change to facilitate what God wants to do. You know what? If you're you're here visiting and you've been hopping around different churches, stop. Stay here until you find the right place. If this ain't the right place, just stay here until you can, until God can give you direction of where you need to go next. You don't have to, since when did God expect you to take care of yourself? Every time you try to take care of yourself, you jack it up. Well, I've been looking and how successful has that been? Here's what you do. You plant yourself. You get in the presence of God, which is the environment you were created to. Well, you know, how do I know the presence of God is here? Even if it wasn't, you ought to be able to get in the presence of God. Heck, I've been, I've been in dead. In fact, that's where I do most of my best work. God sends me to the deadest and driest and nastiest churches on planet earth. They are, they are twice dead and plucked up. I have a revival ministry. We go into churches that wouldn't know the move of God if it bit them in the butt on a Sunday morning. And we go in there and we hang out there for 30 weeks. Don't tell me you can't find the presence of God in a dead church. I do it regularly. If you will get in the presence of God, then you will get in the presence of God and you will function and not malfunction and God will begin to create an environment in your life that will sustain what he's trying to do. Amen. Amen. But you're never, listen, you are never, 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 ever going to ever be able to allow God to create an environment in you that sustains the fulfillment of the vision that he has for your life if all you do is keep running from place to place and making excuses. You know, I'm just not, I'm not getting anything out of this church anymore. Are you in the presence of God? How much time did you spend pressing in? I didn't see you getting here at 8 o'clock with the worship team. You know, with some of y'all, and I'm not trying to be, uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to be crude, but I'd love to get acquainted with some of y'all's backsides. I'd like to be able to recognize you from, from looking at your butt. While you're kneeling down at one of these seats in prayer, 
on Sunday morning. But you know what? I've, I haven't yet been able to identify anyone by their butts in this church. But I would love to be able, you know what? I would love to say I can recognize every backside of every church member of winners. I can tell who they are. All I got to do is if they're, whether they're walking away from me or whether they're walking toward I know who they are because I've seen them. I've seen them kneeling down at the chair in prayer, and I can tell who they are from the back as well as who they are from the front. It's not, I'm not saying like, that's crazy talking about looking at people's butts. You know what? Just because you couldn't look at someone's butt and not lust after them doesn't mean I can't look at somebody. You're the one that has the wrong mindset. I'm just talking about, I was talking about prayer. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. See, right about now is when everybody's like, you know, I think this has gone long enough. <laughs> but we're talking about environment. So what environment has to be created? Do you know before, before we ever have three services, you're going to have to be ready for it in your mind, in your heart, in your resolve. You're going to have to be like, ooh, you know what? You, remember, remember how I told y'all we made room for the airplane? Remember that? Did I tell y'all what we did? Remember, remember when God gave us the airplane? Remember how, you know how that came to be, I got a hangar first, and then an airplane came. I created an environment that would sustain an airplane. Before you have to be at church all day long Sunday, you may have to come to church all day long Sunday to create the environment that can sustain what God wants to do in our church. Yes. Cut off the recording and then I'm going to say one last thing before we go. I see the angel of God behind you. The Lord says that angel isn't just a newcomer. This angel is the angel that God assigned to you to look out for you, to watch over you. This angel is loaded down with weaponry to fight to fight for you I hear the Lord saying sometimes when you pray you need to release the angels to go and to, and to do warfare and to fight the battle angels I release you to go and to, because the Bible says those angels are ministry experience sent to minister for those who are the heirs of salvation that's you and those angels are going to work with you not only to fulfill God's purpose in others, but the Lord says to fulfill his purpose in you. I hear God saying, he, that, 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 one, that one angel has the power, when, when you release it, has the ability to destroy legions of the armies of darkness. To, to, to make quick work of hordes of demons and devils that would try to uh, keep you from the fulfillment of God's uh, calling and his purpose and his plan for your life. I hear, I hear the Lord saying he's giving you a high call. You've, you've, you've thought of yourself as being low. The Lord says, he says, he says, keep, keep thinking low, he says, but realize it's high. Keep thinking low, but realize it's high. He says, he says uh, you need to see yourself in that, in that place of being humble, but the Lord says, understand that what you're doing is extremely significant. And I'm, I'm going I'm to say this too, and this is just, you and I will, because I know some of what you're, we, we, we talked but I hear the Lord saying this to me, tell you this. Some of what you're, what you're experiencing, you're not experiencing for yourself. Some of it, you're carrying a burden for others. And God says, and you're winning the battle for them too. Amen. So the Lord says, the Lord says, you're not alone. 
God says, I'm with you. And he says, and I've stationed the heavenly host with you, an angel of God. And God says, you're going to feel the strength. You're going to feel the strength of his presence. The Lord says, because you're going to live in his presence. You're going to realize when that angel is there. And God says, and you're going to be reminded to turn loose of and to say, go. And God says, it'll go. And the Lord says, and work together to help to fulfill God's purpose. So uh, I see the hand of the Lord on you. I see the hand of the Lord on your on your womb, on the baby. I see the hand of the Lord on your head, on your mind, on your thoughts. I hear God telling me to tell you he's influencing your dreams. God says you're going to dream different than what you've been dreaming. The Lord says, we didn't talk about this, but the Lord says the enemies tried to change your dreams into nightmares, but God says you're going to dream and you're not going to be you're not going to experience terror in the nighttime and anxiety in the nighttime. But the Lord says you're going to experience peace and joy. And God says it starts today in Jesus' name. Thank God. So I loose that to you today in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke that as tried to come on you in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that today she's going into a place of greater victory and greater freedom. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, listen, today I want to encourage you to walk in the victory. Walk in the freedom that's been provided for you. Walk in the fulfillment of his purpose. Receive the blessing that belongs to you. Let the environment of your life, let God take and work that environment in your life so that it will facilitate what he wants to do. Even if it makes you uncomfortable, it'll be worth it. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I, I know we're over there and we're talking about things of the Spirit, but the children, they had a, they had, I know this looks, this looks very strange, doesn't it? <laughs> Y'all didn't even play. The kids had a contest during kids' uh, camp that um, they had teams and the teams got points and, and this and that for 